When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to A Court of Fairies and Fangirls. I'm Alex. And I'm Sarah. And this is a Sarah J. Mass fan podcast where we are obsessed with her books and can't stop thinking about them or talking about them. So we figured why not record us thinking and talking about it. We're going to break down chapters, go through each book separately, go into character analysis and any thoughts or kind of theories that we have about books, characters, plots, etc. And maybe play some fun games along the way. Exactly. So welcome and enjoy. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Alex. What have you been up to? Reading anything good? Um, well, I guess I've been reading since I've somehow lost my voice. So this is true. Sarah my... has sexy voice today. I do. I do have sexy voice. I actually <laughs> asked Josh, I was like, is this like a turn on for guys? Like having this raspy thing? He's like, I don't know. Like, I guess. I feel like that's a no. Yeah. He was like, I guess it depends on what you say. So I literally just like said some raunchy comment. He's like, oh my God, where did that come from? Like, who are you? <laughs> I was like, Joshua, I read Chili Spice books. And he's like, I love the Chili Spice. That's hilarious. I was like, I don't know if it's the words or the voice or the combo, but it okay. is what it is. So work what you got. If I sound like I'm dying, I'm not, I'm fine. She's fine. I don't know why. I just, I literally lost my voice overnight. I did not, maybe I was screaming in my sleep and nobody oh. knew. Maybe I didn't know. How interesting. That would be crazy if that was the case. That would be. So, um, so there's that. And then, <laughs> but reading wise, oh no, there was two things that I needed. I made notes that I needed to say. Oh, um, okay. Barnes and Noble yeah. totally upped their signage game. I know. When I went on like a book date, a book date, I don't know what you call it. Just like a Friday night date, um, with Josh a couple of weeks ago, we were walking around and I was like, I'm so impressed right now. It's so much fun. It's so much fun. It was like, you know, everything was so like everything's obviously romance, but then it's so like sub like yep. categorized, which I love. Yeah. So I was like, oh, if I want like the Hades Persephone's like God's vibe, that's over here. If yeah. I want like the LGBT vibes, that's over here. If I want like the enemies to lovers vibes, that's over here. <laughs> I like this is incredible. Yeah. I love this. I love Barnes and Noble so much. Like they're totally yeah. doing that indie bookstore vibe and I'm here for it. Yes. That, that's how they're going to stay in business. Yes. So major shout out to Barnes & Noble on their signage game. Yes. Um, secondly, we have like the worst memories of this book, I've decided, you and I. Oh. I was listening back to like a couple of our episodes and I was like, oh, nope, that's wrong. Mm, nope, that's also wrong. Wait, what? Uh, yeah. So Sophie's like agent name. So I think this is more so for minisodes, but we were talking about in the minisode where we did like secret agent names. Yeah. We're like, oh, like Sophie doesn't have a secret agent name. And mm. I was like, mm, nope, she definitely does. We learned that a couple weeks after we filmed this. Like we're just <laughs> have terrible memories and didn't research. Yeah. And then the other one about Danica's dad. I don't know if it was, I think it was in the name breakdown when we talked about Sabine and how like she's mm -hmm. this maiden and gets swept away. We don't That's know who right. her dad is. I was like, nope, definitely know who her dad is. Like <laughs> we are just so off. I know. So 
shouting out, calling out ourselves on this one. Um, Guys, we're sorry. We're we're not perfect. It's fine. We only read this book once, and that was like when it came out. Yeah. So, it's fine. I just I just needed to make these shout outs. Yeah. To ourselves. (laughs) Fair enough. But in regards to books, I am reading. I just finished. Yeah, the question I asked you in the first. Yeah, (laughs) that whole tangent beforehand. It's fine. Um, no, so I just finished a book called Kiss and Don't Tell by okay. Megan Quinn. Mm, um, I've heard of her. Yeah. Romance author. Romance author. And like her sub genre, which I didn't even know this was a sub genre, is like hockey romance. So like sports romances. <laughs> what? Are, it's like a thing. There's like hockey romance books. I don't understand how I fell into this, but like my bookstagram reels are all like all of these hockey romance books i don't i don't know so there's like icebreaker like megan quinn's books and i was just it was one that i had picked up during the stuff my kindle thing and so i was like i'll just read this for funsies it was incredible i think i four started i loved it so much because first off it was like mostly it was a dual pov but i felt like it was more so the guy's point of view which i feel like i don't really get in romance books that are like you know in the in like the bookstagram realm or whatever I loved it. I thought that was so cool. And then also, I'm like, why did I not marry a hockey player? Like, I'm so (laughs) here for the hockey player vibe. I have no idea if it's accurate, but I loved it so much. Um, So, yeah, I was like, kiss and don't tell. And also, I know all of you, like, close friends on Instagram got to see my attempt at recreating this scene. I, like, told everybody how amazing it was. But I've never laughed out loud so hard at a scene in a book than I did in this book really I'm not gonna try to like recap the whole thing because it would take 20 minutes but it was absolutely hilarious I was sitting here down on my couch by myself and I was cackling I was laughing so hard (laughs) and it was the most unexpected random like scene I've ever read in a book I love that so much it was incredible I was like this is such a good book I love it when a book actually makes you laugh out loud yes it's so rare it was it was so good so I highly recommended this book and I'm like I've been I've literally telling, like I told my sister yesterday, the entire scene. I told Josh today, the whole scene. I was like, I laughed out loud and I cannot get this scene out of my head. I was like, does this deserve a five star? Because I'm literally thinking about it. I mean, days past. You're still on it. I'm still on this kick. So I don't know. I might change my rating to a five. Because what? That's like the whole point of a five is right. Like you keep thinking about it afterwards. Can't stop thinking about it. I can't stop thinking about the scene. I'm dying just thinking about it. It sounds like it's a five star. It might be a five star. Yeah. Ooh, that's exciting. I know. So that sounds so fun. So that's what I just read. And then I just started um, The Phoenix King by um, Aparna Verma. I think mm-hmm. I'm saying her name right. Um, and it's an arc that we got and it comes out in early August. So fun. I'm really excited about that. It's like um, it's an Indian um, kind of like heroine vibe, which I've never really read, you know, like a Middle Eastern or like yeah. Asian heroine before. So I'm really excited about it. And it's fantasy too. So I think that's even kind of cooler to incorporate yeah. culture like that exists into fantasy. Yeah. I feel like fantasy so often I, I get like very like English mm-hmm. vibes. Very much so. Like pretty consi- like England or like France, like those are that's yeah. how I'm usually like picturing culturally mm-hmm. a lot of these fantasies. And it's right. like our world is so much bigger than that. Why oh, yeah. wouldn't mm-hmm. these worlds be? They're fantasy worlds. Right. They're even more epic yeah. than ours. Mm-hmm. So 
it's a good thing to think about. Yeah. So sure. I'm really excited to see like how culturally that impacts the fantasy level of yeah. this. So TBD on that. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I finished Curse of Saints. Ooh, yay. I loved it too. Mm-hmm. See, this one, I don't know if I just wasn't in the right space, but this one was a four star for me. Yep. Simply because I'm not like, it. it's not like to your point. Right. I'm like still thinking about it. Like yeah. I have like, but it was very good. It was very entertaining. Actually, you know what I think it was mm-hmm. the world building. Yeah. It was really difficult for me to follow at the beginning. Gotcha. I felt like how I felt at the beginning of the first Crescent city. Yeah. I can totally I see like, that. Let's just keep reading mm-hmm. and see if we figure this out as we go. Yep. I definitely, <laughs> I definitely was the same way. I think it took a minute to understand the world building. Yeah. And mm-hmm. there were certain things where I was like, did I miss something? Mm-hmm. But it was meant to be a confusing moment because then a secret was revealed later. And right. I was like, Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't miss anything before, but it, for some reason, some moments didn't feel like it was like a yeah. secretive moment. It made me feel like I missed it, missed something. I gotcha. And I'm like, mm-hmm. did I just not read well? Yeah. Did I? <laughs> what did I do? Um, so I had a couple moments like that. And I think that's why it ended up being a four star yeah. for me. Which four stars are great reads too. S- yeah. Mm-hmm. Still a good read, mm-hmm. a good book. I yep. really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. By the end of the book, I feel much more settled in yeah. <laughs> what's happening and what's going on. So I'm really excited about the next book mm-hmm. um and like more to come yeah with that so that's all i've finished i'm i haven't even started it i've just literally have it in my hands so yep. it's coming but i have a book club coming up and we're reading something called the long corner okay and i think it has like a little bit of like a mystery element to mm-hmm. it so more to come there hmm. but that's on my tbr okay so we have some new fam members. Welcome to the Fairies and Fangirls family. Yes. Um, Elizabeth B. and Sabrina. Welcome, Thank welcome. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Um, these wonderful folks joined our fam level of Patreon membership. Check it out. Yep. We are so grateful, as always. As always. For everyone who is part of our Fairies and Fangirls family. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so this week, you ready to dive in? Let's do it. Okay, we are doing chapters 34 through 37, mm-hmm. and we're calling this episode Rough Day. Yeah. <laughs> it's a rough day for everybody. It is. Um, did you have any initial thoughts? Um, I think nothing like overarching, yeah. I don't think. Okay, well then we'll go into chapter 34. Summary, um, Sabine... Hello. Uh, pays Bryce a visit, and Celestina and Ephraim awkwardly meet up. Yeah, what the heck is Sabine doing at Bryce's apartment, and yeah. how is she somehow involved in wolf business? Like, I don't understand the yeah. logic here. I don't either. I don't think there is logic involved. Is probably the issue. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Just a lot of rage. I know. Um. Okay. So the chapter starts out with Hunt helping um, Celestina kind of like get ready for her meeting Mm -hmm. um, with Ephraim. And I thought it was just like, Celestina's just, I'm a little sad for her. I know. Like she's trying so hard to be brave here and she's, she's going to do it. She's going to be great. But Mm -hmm. there's this little bit of like nervous. Oh yeah. Energy, understandably. Yes. Um, What'd you notice? Um, I just thought it was like, she's just, you're right. She's nervous. She's asking how, like, how do I look? And I know. 
I just felt bad, but he was so sweet. He's like, you look like a female about to enter an arranged mating, but you do look beautiful. Mm. So I just I can't imagine being told you're mating with this person. It is what it is. Like, suck it up. Yeah. It's terrible. Um, But, you know, she's like, her hands are clammy. She's like shaking. Mm-hmm. And Hunt is... I appreciated what he does in this chapter where he's like, you know, if you need an out, I'm here. Yeah. Granted, he's not. And he ditches her. And I feel like a little annoyed about that fact. Yeah. Um, But I liked his approach initially. Yeah. Went in with the right idea. Right. Um, He also kind of has this like mental talk track, though, of where he's saying like, well, she calls him a good male. And he mm-hmm. says, like, he wasn't so sure of that. Wasn't so sure he hadn't offered only to make her like him. So that when shit hit the fan, if Baxian or the Hind or anyone suggested that he and Quinlan were up to anything shady, she'd give him the benefit of the doubt. And I'm like, that's not the worst strategy. It's not. But I hate that you're, like, thinking strategically. But, I mean, I get it. Because, you know, Micah, everything that happened with Micah yeah. should be. But also, I'm like, I like Celestina. I think she's good. Yeah, so it's like, it's not nice to manipulate her. Right. Um. So Ephraim comes in um, and him and Celestina have like this awkward like kiss, hug. So awkward. Such a weird exchange. Cause I, and it's like, you know, this totally happens. It's like she was yeah. going in for the hug. He's going for the kiss. So like, I get it. But it's definitely like an uncomfortable situation for everybody because she realizes like what was supposed to happen. And, yeah. Um, and they start off that way. And you're like, yeah. oh cringe um but thankfully like um you know isaiah is there to kind of break the tension and he helps guide the meeting along yeah um and ephraim's not alone Mm -hmm. his lovely triari yes is there with him and so the harpy is there behind and it's a lovely little reunion there's a lot of like oh we'll make them we'll treat them like our own Mm -hmm. while silently shooting daggers with their eyes yeah it makes me wonder if we're actually going to meet because he only brought sandriel's old triari members so i'm like curious who his like other triari members are and if we're ever going to meet them well he also left the hawk behind and Mm -hmm. i'm like are we ever going to meet the hawk i don't know it was i i'm trying to think if we do or not i don't even know did she even introduce the character of the hawk if she's not gonna i don't know him at any point yeah that's a good question i don't know know if he it's maybe just more like this this like intimidation factor where it's like, you know, he left the hawk to spy and he report. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But it reminds me of, I can't remember the name of the person in without giving away too much. If anyone's read throne of glass, Mm -hmm. there's like a cadre involved there. And there's one member who's like mentioned in the third book Mm -hmm. that never appears. Yeah. And you know what? Do you Mm -hmm. remember who I'm talking about? Yeah. So I'm like, is this the same thing happening? Maybe. And is there a reason why if I'm <laughs> if it's happened twice in an SJM book? I don't know. It's I don't possible. Know. I don't know. Um, but so anyways, so Hunt's just kind of watching everything and he's, you know, thinking about Celestina and it's like he sees her and he's wondering, like, has she ever been with a male? Like, does she even like males? It, do do these Siri care? And I was like, these are actually like really good questions. And I'm curious now. I know. I I just feel really bad for her. Yeah. Um, her desires were not taken into account in any way. No, not at all. So from here, we pivot to Bryce mm-hmm. at her apartment. And so last week, 
we have the crazy bone quarter shit. Yes. And so Bryce is at her apartment and she's catching Rune and Ethan Mm -hmm. up. And Therian. Well, I guess Therian was part of it, but he's there too. Yes. And getting, so they're all getting caught up and Ethan kind of like rightly so is like really concerned about his brother Mm -hmm. Connor. Like, is he still there? Right. Was he punished by the under King with their connection to them? Yeah. I just feel so bad. Cause it's like part of you thinks like, yes, I'm sad that my family members are gone, but in theory they're in a better place and they're happy and they're Mm -hmm. peaceful. But it's like, what if he's not right? But he's like, he's like, I have to go over there. I was like, and do what? Like, yeah, he, he's already dead. Like, yeah. d- going over like, there changes nothing. nothing. You do. No, you just have to accept, which nobody wants to, obviously. Yeah. Um, but they're kind of just sitting there, and they hear this knock at the door. Um, and I think it's really interesting that she just like goes and answers it without even thinking. It's like, yeah, who, everybody that you know that's important doesn't knock they have like access to your apartment yep um but she opens it to find sabine who instantly just like grabs her neck and is like choking her um and she says you little cunt and i was like what (laughs) what is happening right now like why are you here sabine (sighs) so rune and ethan are just kind of like a little bit like struck as well Mm -hmm. and they're like what what is happening and sabine just blows past them throws bryce across the room welcomes herself in Mm -hmm. and just starts laying into bryce yeah just basically like what the hell are you doing why are you involved in wolf business and like you said before we're like what's the business what's the wolf business like i i get you know if you're harboring ethan that's potentially wolf business but like that wasn't addressed first like yeah and she's pissed because he she's like he's been exiled and it's like mm-hmm. okay well if he's been exiled why does it matter he's not a wolf under your standards anymore right he's not welcome so why do you care what happens to him i it doesn't make any sense to me no like what does he just need to be like in a hob like what do you want him to do just live by himself and talk to no one ever you like, think you can control no. that no very bizarre mm-hmm. um but so we kind of switched to hunt and we're back you know at the party whatever it's called um and i'm just like dying like oh hunt gosh. gets his text and he goes like to check it and bryce saved her contact name differently and it's now bryce sucks my dick like a champ I would have died. And I, it killed me so bad. And he's like, oh my gosh, like about to spit out his drink. And like Isaiah's like (laughs) trying to lean over his shoulder and he sees it. And it's hilarious. Uh, I I can picture this so perfectly. Yes, 100%. And Hans trying to play this off. He's like, oh, it's just, it's a running joke. And Isaiah's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. a joke. Yeah. Sure. Um, But Hunt reads the text and it says like Sabine's here. And so Mm -hmm. now he's freaking out. Yep. And he's like, I... I gotta go. Mm-hmm. I, I gotta go help Bryce, which part of me is like, you didn't have to. No. And Bryce probably should have been like a little bit more context. Right. Or, or just like smart. Like you don't need Hunt there. Like, like you and Ethan are both there. I know. I feel like you she's always, fine. whenever it comes to Sabine, she's always just like. That's true. Way more on edge. But even still, like what's Hunt being there going to do? Like right. she's not going to go kill you. Like there's other people there. Yeah. So it kind of annoys me that Bryce texts him. 
Um, like, he didn't need to do that. Right. Um, but yeah, he's like, I need to leave. I need to get out of here. And like, Isaiah's like, oh, I'll help distract Baxian. Yeah. But like at the last second, as he goes to leave, like Celestina catches him leaving. And it's like, it said disappointment and displeasure in her eyes. Disappointment is like just oh, it's just, the worst. It's the worst. Like I'd rather somebody hate me, yell at me, scream at me, but being disappointed, yeah, it's the worst. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, chapter thirty-five. Sabine picks a fight, but ultimately leaves. Ethan chooses to move, and the day is finally over. <laughs> <laughs> I just said tension. All the tension. Oh my gosh! Like Ethan and Sabine go at it like yeah crazy and then like hunt and baxian saving the day together um i i'm convinced baxian might literally be a replica of hunt and that everybody thought he was bad yeah he's like this good guy deep down just forced into bad situations yep i'm just convinced yes absolutely um i was really impressed how ethan kind of got sabine off kilter yeah. at the start of this chapter because she or he brings up Mordok, who is Sabine's baby, baby. daddy. Mm-hmm. Um, and she like immediately was like totally off put right. by his name. And she, she's now on the defensive, it feels like, a little bit. And right. I was like, this was really clever, Ethan. It was. But this is also Bryce finding out about it, too. Yes. While Ethan's dropping all this with Sabine. Yes. Awkward. And he's he like basically mentions like he's in the city like are you going to see him take him to the black dock to bid farewell to his daughter mm-hmm. and and that's how bryce finds out but it's like sabine is like i know what you're trying to do holstrom and it won't work but it's like it's clearly working yes 100 um and then okay i thought it was so ran- bryce like asks the randomest questions mm-hmm. at the randomest times yep but she asks sabine was danica a rebel yeah. I'm like, this is, I feel like this is not the time and place. No. Bryce. I might be, maybe the goal is to catch her off guard and it's like, maybe she'll slip up, but like, no, it doesn't feel right to ask this right now. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. She burst into your apartment, mm-hmm. called you a cunt and threw you across the room. Right. And you're like, hey, was your daughter a rebel? What? Just, just no. No. Your goal is to get her out. Right. What? <laughs> I yeah, totally, totally agree. It's Sabine asked. She's like, "Why would you ever ask that?" And I'm like, the way Sabine reacts, it's like, does she know more than she's letting on? Like, was Danica a rebel? Like, yeah, I don't know. Is she trying to cover for Danica again and protect her? Maybe I don't know. Maybe you know, Ethan and Bryce's thoughts is like, you know, maybe she was a rebel out of spite because of like Sabine and who Mordock was. Um, which like, I don't really buy that as like the reason she would do it. Um, and Sabine's the same way. She's like, you're both delusional. Yeah. Um, and Bryce says, is that so? And she takes this total stab in the dark and she says, I'm not the one who ran all the way here to make sure Ethan and I weren't plotting some kind of wolf coup against you. And it's like, was, was that the reason that Sabine was here? Is she really that worried that like Bryce and Ethan are teaming up to like take over the wolves? I don't know. I don't know. That's just crazy. It seems totally crazy. Um, Yeah. I mean, Bryce says like, you know, Ethan's as dominant as like Amelie is. So like he could technically be the alpha, like in charge of the pack. And like 
people would follow him and like she mm. thinks he'd be great yeah who knows i know and like i think that catches like ethan off guard like her like belief in him oh which is just like i mean it's really sweet um but sabine just again she just cuts in like stay out of wolf business yeah so but this is when hunt arrives and so he brings that little extra bit of like firepower Mm -hmm. um and basically tells her like to leave and like never come back right and then i think right there's the backup of like ethan saying like get out and she does say like you don't give me orders but then Baxian arrives mm-hmm. and that's another person that seems to set her on edge yes and she he's like hello sabine and then she just says to says to them all you're all carry on and storms off so something mm-hmm. about Baxian also like throws her off throws her off yeah and you're like what is going on i don't know i want to know i don't like these like weird relationships that i don't know like sjm yeah. does such a good job of like keeping all his information hidden and it, like reveals it at the end always Baxian's there like why why is Baxian there we don't know um but then you know Bryce kind of asks Ethan about Mordok yeah um, and he confirms um and like I get it she's super upset for Danica at Danica for like not telling her because she's like you know this is the one thing that we could have so easily connected on having like crappy dads yeah and it's like you know I told her who my dad was and everything that went down and she didn't reciprocate like that to me is when I'm like was Danica really that good of a friend when she like yeah. held something back like that where like it literally had no impact or it would have had no impact on her telling Bryce. Okay, but wait, did Bryce tell Danica the Autumn King was her father or did she just know she had a shitty father? Cause I thought Danica sniffed it out, but it might not have ever been actually confirmed. Maybe. I, I feel like I thought she knew. I thought she knew because she sniffed it out. Not because Bryce actively told her. Maybe. Right? Maybe you're right. I mean, it could be either way. Yeah. But I think all I'm trying to say with that is Mm -hmm. I don't think Bryce was particularly forthcoming. Right. Either. I think, yeah, but she knew that she had a shitty dad. it could have been a good bonding experience. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Therian is asking her because he's there he's asking like would you have taken sabine down just now um and you know talking to ethan sorry yeah um and ethan's like i might have tried which like i'm okay i'm very surprised that he might have even tried yeah um and hunt whistles he says but it but it was Baxian who said you wouldn't have won tonight and ethan said did i ask for your opinion dog which like again there's like this weird like yeah i don't know like it's interesting because like Ethan thinks of like the dread wolves as like these like awful creatures like yep. doesn't want anything to do with them but then he thinks of vaccine as a dog even though he's an angel like it's just interesting like how he associates them yeah you know like he doesn't consider vaccine an angel he's like a he's an angel shifter but he considers him a yeah. dog I don't know interesting I don't know I just thought that was kind of interesting mm-hmm. and like Hunt thinks the same he's like you know, interesting that Ethan saw him as a dog, not an angel. His animal form took precedence for another shifter, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, but Baxian says, I said you wouldn't have won tonight, but another day, give yourself a few more years, pup, and maybe. Which I'm like, wh- why are you saying this, Baxian? Yeah, he's just like, it's just, like he's nobody, a confusing character. Yeah, nobody asked for this input. Like, Why are you even here? <laughs> yes, great <laughs> question. Great question. 
Um, but like you can tell like Ethan is still just like itching for a fight. Um, but you know, he tucks in his wings, like getting ready for a fight. And then Bryce just goes like, go to the gym or the roof. If you're going to brawl, please. I can't afford to lose any more furniture. And she's like looking at Ethan, which I'm so funny, loving, loving that. And hunt, hunt Snickers. And he says, we'll get through the morning process together. Quinlan have a proper send off for the, for the coffee table. Holstrom should give the eulogy since he broke it. Stop. I love it. They're so funny. They're ridiculous. Um, so Hunt gets some texts from Isaiah just asking like how things are doing. Yeah. And and checking in and, you know, shares that like Baxian followed him mm-hmm. and he's like, Oh, he trailed you and he's like just busting my balls and he says, like, all right, be careful. So like Isaiah's still, you know, thinking about him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does share that like Celestine is upset. Yeah. For so good that reason. is ugh, it's it's frustrating yeah i think like hunt could say like maybe it was an emergency mm-hmm. from his perspective but yeah. like i don't know yeah but, but i thought it was interesting at this point so right after the banter about the eulogy of the coffee table mm-hmm. um ethan says that he's moving yeah he's gonna accept rune's offer and go live with him and tristan and declan yeah well, and I think it's like, I'm curious if it's because like, this is like the first time he's seen Bryce since that whole conversation he had with the hind yeah, about like all those like hidden feelings and everything. And I'm wondering, it's like, you know, that's so fresh on his mind. And then it's like being in the presence of Bryce and Hunt together. Yeah. If it's just like, it's, it's just all too much. Like he doesn't, you can't be there with that. I think so. So it's just like, he's, yeah, he's ready to be moving out. Um, but he does kind of seem sad that he's leaving, which understandably so if he's truly in love with Bryce you know yeah well she says like as he's like starting to leave she says Ethan like calls for him and she says we made a good team and he just says yeah we did and I was like Mm. because it's it's all past tense yeah we did yeah oh that is really sad awkward and sad Mm -hmm. so Ethan and Rune leave but Baxian is still there. Yeah, like Bryce <laughs> and Hunt go to out. like get ready to have some like together time, and then it's like, oh wait, Baxian's here. Yeah. Um, but he go he's like surveying the place, and he's like, nice place. Why did Sabine come here? Like just so ballsy, he just mm-hmm. says whatever he wants. And Bryce says she was pissed that I've been harboring Ethan after she kicked his ass to the curb. And he says, you know about her and Mordock though, and it wasn't exactly a question. Hunt says, you know, and Baxian says, I've spent years with the hind and those who serve her. I picked up a few interesting details. I'm like, That's right. Cause Mordok right. Works for the hind, but it's still just crazy that like all these people knew yeah. and Bryce didn't. It's also like, well, what did you hear mm-hmm. in working with the hind? Like, what are they actively talking about over there? Yeah. Like, what did you pick up? Yeah. Well, like the next comment blows my mind. Um, because Bryce asked like what happened when Mordok visited Danica and he said it didn't go well he came back to Sandriel's castle and then he goes to hunt remember that time he ate that human couple I was like excuse me did you just say ate as yep. in like eaten like cut up in little pieces and chew yep 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 mm-hmm. that's what it, yeah and Bryce is like he what yep yep that's exactly what we said um he says that was when he'd returned from the visit to the den he was in such a rage that he went out and killed a human couple he found on the street, started eating the female while the male was still alive and begging for mercy. Sabine was right to warn you away from him. Um, and Hunt, you know, he says, I never thought he'd be in this city. 
and Baxian says, let's hope he's gone soon. So like clearly Baxian is something against this guy too. Yeah. Um, you know, and Bryce is asking him like, why'd you come here Baxian? And he says, Athelar seemed like he needed help. We're partners after all. And watching Celestina and Ephraim pretend to be into each other was too torturous, even for me. And I'm like, partners after all? Like, I can't tell if he's like yeah. sarcastic, if he's serious. Like, if he, what does he want? I can't tell. I can't get a read on him. Yeah. Um, and then Bryce says, you were also at the Black Dock this morning. And he says, are you asking if I'm spying on you? And she says, either that or you desperately want in on the Cool Kids Club. Which <laughs> cracked me up. Yep. Um, and he says a good spy would tell you no and say you're being paranoid. And she says, but you're not a good spy. He says, I'm not a spy at all. And you and you're being paranoid. <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't understand. Um, but like so he walks out and she um, she goes right after him and she says, you're going to fit in right around here. Yeah, I like it. I can feel that. I like it. I'm happy. I'm happy that Baxian's like weirdly sort of getting involved in this group yeah i don't think he's all that bad at least that's what i say now who knows by the end of this book what who knows? i might be saying as we said at the beginning of this episode we don't remember much i know we're the worst uh, it's fine um okay so back scene leaves mm-hmm. and it's just bryce and hunt again and hunt is like kind of pissed that bryce was being nice to back scene and yeah. i'm like dude get over it i know <laughs> but so they're kind of just like decompressing catching Mm -hmm. each other up like what went on with Celestina the thing with Mordok this they're finally like back together after all of that stuff at the bone quarter Mm -hmm. and so they're talking about the channeling piece where she jumped in front of his lightning Mm -hmm. and basically hadn't she admits like she had no idea no that that was gonna work she just had a feeling so dumb and you're like, what? Mm-hmm. But I mean, it kind of all wraps up with him telling her, like, wherever you're headed when this life is over, Quinlan, that's where I want to be, too. It's sweet. It is sweet. Um, It was funny. Also, she said um, in reference to him kind of like channeling out of the dead gate. Mm-hmm. She says, you went all lightning berserker. <laughs> and he goes, I get a little hysterical when your safety is involved. Mm. And A, it made me laugh. But B, it does remind me of like Akatar mates. Yes. Like I know we've just talked about the word mates up till mm-hmm. this point. And there's debate on if they actually are mates or not or if it's just like a chosen thing. Right. But that definitely that has mate vibes. That has very strong mate vibes for sure. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Mm-hmm. Next chapter. Next chapter. Chapter 36. Rune chats with Day and Ethan reflects on his situation and feelings. Yeah. Dang. Like seeing Ethan's perspective of Bryce breaks my heart. All the feels. Oh my gosh. All the feels. Um, but also like I'm really enjoying day. I think she's so good for rune. Yeah. It's just a good combo. I like it. The start of this chapter just had me cracking up because guys Mm -hmm. just, I'm rolling my eyes at them. So basically Ethan shows up at the house Mm -hmm. and I think Ethan's a little nervous because he's like, I'm a wolf. They're ancient or they're fae. Yeah. Will we get along? Will they not like me or whatever it is? Right. And basically they just kind of like shrugged mm-hmm. and like moved on just guys guys yeah like what like don't care at all 
it just it cracked me up. Um, so they're they're just they're hanging out there, mm-hmm. nothing too crazy, and then you know, Rune just kind of starts drifting away and looking to have a chat with Miss Day. Mm-hmm. What'd you notice? Um, well, it seemed like I mean I don't think he did it intentionally. It's kind of just like his mind's drifting and. She just shows up and he just kind of wants to be talking to her, I guess. Um, but he like sees her and it reminds him of Lahaba, which like, no, all the feels with Lahaba. It's the fire sprite. I know. Um, and you know, he's kind of telling her that she reminds him of this like fire sprite and that, you know, he wishes that he could have done more and to save her and that he would have essentially traded his life for hers. And I mean, it's the sweetest I'm thing cry ever. All over again. I, I know. Anytime I think of Lahaba, just instant, <laughs> instant feels and tears and all the yeah. things. But it's like, I mean, it totally catches day off guard. Like for somebody to say, like, yeah, I would have sacrificed myself for a fire sprite, a lower, like somebody yeah. that's not highborn fey like I am. Yeah. So I think this is definitely her seeing who this person truly is. Yeah. I also like. The fact that Rune, like, immediately felt, like, pain when he saw her and she looked like Lahaba. Mm -hmm. I, like, I don't think I realized that he cared for her that much. Like, Mm -hmm. I think it's one thing to say, like, oh, this person, like, sacrificed themselves for someone I loved. And so I deeply appreciate them. Mm -hmm. But the way this is kind of put together, it's like, no, like, he, like, on his own. Yeah. Seemed to have also, like, really cared about Lahaba. And I Mm -hmm. don't think I picked that up as much. I mean, he really didn't seem to spend that much time with Lahaba. Yeah. But it also, I feel like it's easy when it kind of breezes over. It's like, you know, Rune was down there with them studying. So it's like, we don't really get all the interactions on that level of like Mm -hmm. how they would have interacted. But I'm I'm sure also the fact that Lahaba saved or like sacrificed herself for everyone. Yeah. I feel like that probably amplified any feelings he already had towards her. Good point. Mm -hmm. Um, But then he kind of, you know, he starts talking about his day and how they were nearly, you know, caught doing the info drop by Mordok, the Hind, and the Harpy. And she tells him, like, he needs to be more careful, which, I mean, that situation was unavoidable. But, yes, he should be more careful and he should not be dropping this information like he does so willy-nilly. Like, yeah. he's so open about it. But then they're kind of just, like, talking and it's, like, I feel like this is the first time, like, day kind of opens up to him talking about just, like, you know, their day and like how they work with, you know, people like Mordok and like how it's just like they both have these like terrible abusive relationships in their life. Like we kind of learned that like Rune's dad burned him. Right. Which is awful. And then, you know, Day has like no real family and she's like in crappy relationships where she has to do things, which just like sucks. Yeah. So it's just like I feel like they're bonding on a much deeper level than I think either of them anticipated. And it's so sad because they're bonding in that way, but Rune has something that she doesn't because he asks her if he, or if she at least has friends to lean on. And Day says, no, I've never had a true friend in my life. That is so sad because while they are in those comfortable situations, like Rune has his people Mm -hmm. and that obviously helps him get through it. And it's like day is all alone. Right. And where, and whatever it is that she's dealing with. Yeah. That's, it's so sad. Like I I just feel bad for her. I, and they do kind of talk about, you know, just like her or rune being willing to like 
work with the rebels and everything like that. And she's like, you know, you risk your life to do this. Like your family doesn't have sympathies for that, but you would like go against them. Just like, I feel like she's like trying to get a read on him because I feel like initially she thought he was one way, but like the things that he's saying and like the way that he's like acting and like what his true intentions are for things is very different than like the initial night mm-hmm. that came across. Yeah. So I think it's like, she's just kind of astounded that like somebody could be like this, you know? Yeah. Well, and she's also, she's, she's showing her rebel side, if you will, where, you know, when she's, he starts kind of talking about his father, she starts asking questions about like, does he have to still be in power? Mm-hmm. Like why, why is he allowed to stay in power? And Rune says, aren't all these assholes allowed to stay in power? Who's going to stop them? And she goes, us, people like us one day. Mm-hmm. And that's just like, it, it for as sad as this situation is, like, that's also like really hopeful. Yeah. And so there's definitely a dichotomy to her. Mm-hmm. Very idealistic, but yet very like, not like very, very realistic at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, and I like how he asks, he's like, you know, like, why tell me any of this? Like, I thought you were all no personal stuff. And she says, let's chalk it up to a difficult day. So like, I'm hoping like maybe we get more out of her and like kind of discover who she is. Um, but she says like you're the first person I've spoken to normally in a very long time. And he says, how long? And she says, so long that I think I've forgotten what it feels like to be myself. I think I've lost my true self entirely to destroy monsters. We become monsters. Isn't that what they say? That like that broke my heart. Like I understand like, you know, if you're, you're this double agent, like, yes, you have to like do things you don't want to do, but like to truly lose yourself. Like she's like, I lost my true self entirely. Yeah. Entirely. Like that's crazy. Yeah. Like how long has she been undercover? Like, I can't even imagine if she feels that way, like what she's done to get where she's at. Mm -hmm. So like, it really gives me like a lot of empathy for her. Let's see. Anything else with their conversation? No, I mean, like, I mean, basically they wrap it up with, I feel like they get back to the business side of things and they confirm, you know, this attack is still happening on the spine in three days. Mm -hmm. And Rune's like, why don't we just like blow it all up? But she's like, we're they're humans like yeah they can't just like it's not a video game rune like you have to they're not going to regenerate like veneer do so Mm. i think it's just putting things back into perspective for rune of like the real situation yeah so that's kind of like how they end things i feel like yeah and then we pivot to ethan and ethan is just kind of like settling in Mm -hmm. um in his new home and he's seeing things that are just like what it's like when you live with brothers right like Mm -hmm. there's shampoo and body products that say like flins like don't touch rune i Mm -hmm. mean it this time and there's like sassy conversations on it of like no one likes your shampoo anyway and it's just like it's making ethan like laugh Mm -hmm. but like it's also like hurting his heart a little bit because he's missing his brother yeah Mm. i felt so bad for him because he hasn't had like brothers since you know connor and the pack died which is just i can't imagine going from that because it's like he had his sunball team and he had the pack like he had these two different groups of brothers and then he loses it all yeah so that's sad so like to be back in this situation like i feel like it would hurt my heart a little to like remember what i was missing so 
Um, but it's like, you know, he's thinking to himself, he's like the hind had been right though. He'd walked into Connor's dorm that day early in his brother's freshman year at CCU intending to meet the awesome, gorgeous, hilarious hallmate Con talked about endlessly. And on his way down the dingy carpeted hall, he'd run into an awesome, gorgeous, hilarious hallmate. He'd been struck stupid. She was the hottest person he'd ever seen. No joke. Her smile had warmed some godforsaken place in Ethan's chest that had been icy and dark since his parents had died and those whiskey eyes had seen to see him. That like, he'd been like that upset since his parents died like years and years and years and like Bryce is the one that like just her smile like melted that. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm dying here. I know. But then it says, um... Yeah, had seen him, him, not the slumball player, not the star athlete or anything like that, just him, Ethan. They spoke for 10 minutes in the hall without exchanging names. He'd just given, he'd just been Connor's little brother and she hadn't given her name and he'd forgotten to ask for it. But by the time Connor poked his head into the hall, Ethan had decided he was going to marry her. He'd attended CCU, play sunball for them and not Corinth, Corinth, you, who'd already been wooing him and he'd find this girl and marry her. He suspected they might even be mates if he was right about that gut tug towards her. And that would be that. I'm just like, OMG, literally this 10 minute conversation with Bryce, like you changed schools that you were going to go to. You think you found your mate. I'm just like, I cannot believe like all of this was inside of Ethan. And we are, we are just now learning about it. Like it's crazy to me crazy it's so sad yeah um but apparently like you know Con- apparently connor was obsessed with him so as soon as his brother came out and was like oh this is the girl i've been talking about mm-hmm. he'd immediately squashed it and he has just been like suffering on the sidelines for years yeah all up until you know all that stuff happened with danica and the pack yeah and basically, like, he had given Connor an ultimatum. Like, if you don't ask her out, like, th- then it's over. Like, yeah. then it's my turn, basically. Yeah. So, like, Connor asked her out. That's what Connor, yeah, that's what Connor asked her out. And I'm like, dude, did Connor really like her that much if he never asked her out in all that time? And like, <sighs> and that goes back to, like, the, a couple chapters ago when mm-hmm. Ethan was like, oh, Connor would have picked the game. I'm right. like, was Connor even the one she should have been? With? Like, she should have been with Ethan. Did you have been with Ethan? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know what to feel. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's crazy. But, like, he had, like, I mean, he, I think it was in this part, but he, like, mentions that, like, you know, he had pictured, like, bringing Bryce home and them having, like, kids together and, like. Like, literally the whole thing. The whole thing. I was like, dude. If you had 10 minutes of conversation and you've pictured your life with someone, there's got to be something stronger there. Yeah. Like, are we like, like, is maybe Ethan her mate? And is we are just like, actually her mate. Is he actually her mate? And she just like rejects that bond. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I never even considered that as an option. Like, I don't, I don't know if I don't remember this part of the book, but like, I kind of just brushed it off maybe. Yeah. But now I'm like. To feel like somebody's your mate, like that's a strong statement. Yeah. For anybody, especially the wolves, because it's like it is a lifelong bond yep. and it is like a huge deal. So I don't know. Like that's such an interesting statement that I just never really gave much thought to. Nope. Hmm. Uh, 
Maybe. We'll see. But apparently, sweet Ethan, he's like, he's not resentful at this point. Like, I think there's a sadness in him. Yeah. But, like, he looks at, like, Bryce and Hunt and, like, he's happy Mm -hmm. that they're happy. Right. But it's just, like, he had pictured so much, so it's just hard. Right. And I think it's really kind of him Mm -hmm. to not put this on Bryce. But then there's another part of me that's like, I wish you had said something earlier. I know. You know? Mm -hmm. Anyway. So Ethan links up with Therian Mm -hmm. and is essentially like, hey, I got to get to the bone quarter. I want to find out what happened to Connor. And Therian is like, "Uh uh-huh. No. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Therian, for being the voice of reason. Well, you got to hold on to that a little bit because he's like, I have a different idea. Mm-hmm. And he's like, we're going to the mystics. Which doesn't sound like a good option either. But, it doesn't. But at least we're not going back to the bone quarter. I'll take that as a positive. Pros and cons. Mm-hmm. Okay. Chapter 37. Last, last one. Chapter. Mm-hmm. Bryce takes a dance class. Hunt faces some consequences and is interrogated by the hind yeah yikes like i am really surprised that celestina yeah like like stepping up for punishment wise yeah um sure but i I feel like hunt kind of deserves to be put back in his place after how he acted where it's like you're promising yeah like i got your back i'm here for you and then literally leaving an hour later like you're not even telling her that you're leaving yeah, but also I'm like, he's not a slave. So it feels weird to be like, you have to sleep here for I know. two weeks. I was trying to figure like, out how you're I felt grounded. about it. Yeah. Like, it's I don't like, know if that's the best. It's like, it's his job. Like, it's not. He's that, not a slave. That's Yeah. So. It, it's kind of a weird punishment for somebody that's just their job. Right. So it's like, it's like that weird almost slave like but not slave like punishment i don't know it's like a weird yeah weird spot to be in and there's a part of me that's like you know hunt like you don't have to do this right i was like you, you could quit. quit you could quit i was like i'm sure you could find another job yeah i'm kind of yeah there's I'm a kinda, lot that the umber mortis could do i bet right. i'm kind of surprised that he doesn't quit yeah honestly like if somebody was like oh you have to sleep here for two weeks i'd be like okay bye like don't right. need the money like just gonna go get another job right exactly so i don't know yeah but anyways the chapter starts and bryce is at her dance class with juniper Mm -hmm. and we find out that june got passed over for principal which like (sighs) makes me so sad for her but she is so graceful and tactful i can't even in how she handles herself she's like i do this because i love it you're not worth my anger like i have to keep remembering that and i just i love the grace and dignity that she has she has such a good attitude Mm -hmm. and she is such a beautiful and perfect dancer Mm -hmm. and they have a good class. And then at the end of it, Bryce goes up to the instructor Mm -hmm. and is kind of talking with her about what happened to Juniper. Right. And you know, the instructor is basically like, I like, I want to help her, but like, there's not anything I can do. Right. Like June made her bed. Unfortunately, when she like held the door, and, like, now she has to kind of, like, live with the consequences, which is, like, the biggest little crap ever. Yeah. But at the same time, I get it. Like, what's done is done, and that's how they're going to judge her. Yeah. But mm-hmm. Bryce just is, like, she almost has a little epiphany. She's, like, maybe I can do something. Mm-hmm. 
and she makes a phone call. Uh-huh. Oof. She goes, she says that she wants to speak to Director Gorgon, and she says, tell him that Her Royal Highness Princess Bryce Dannon is calling. And I'm like, oh, we're whipping out the formal yeah. title. This is a big deal phone call then. What you doing, Bryce? Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Anywho. Um, so we pivot to Hunt. Hunt is working out and the hind appears. This opening line of him working out killed me. It said push-ups bored Hunt to tears. If it hadn't been for the earbuds playing in the last few chapters of the book he was listening to, he might have fallen asleep during his workout on the training roof. I'm, okay. I'm sorry. I'm Whatever. sorry push-ups are so oh easy and boring. Shut up, Hunt. I hate you. Hate you. Back to hating Hunt. Yes. Hate you. Just because he thinks push-ups are boring. Right. He's on my list. Yes. Was this the reason you got another one? Um, but yeah, so I just thought that was entertaining. Yes. But yeah, so the hind is there, like you said. Or no, oh my gosh. Wait, real the, quick. Yeah. Speaking of hating people, uh-huh. I'm backtracking to what is typically pre-book uh-huh. talking about this book. Uh-huh. New Taylor Swift album. Mm-hmm. Hear me out. Yes. Okay. I'm not trying to totally derail us because I know. Because she did her Taylor's version Speak Now. Speak Now Taylor's. See, you know. I, I follow people on social media and people are obsessed with Taylor. So I know. <laughs> I know. Um, There is a song on there. Mm-hmm. I, I posted about it on our story the other day called Castles Crumbling, mm-hmm. which if ye- I listen to it. And I was, I like the, it's so catchy. I was kind of like, I was hard. Wait, are these like new songs? Yeah. So she has six, like from the vault songs. So Mm -hmm. she has six new songs Mm -hmm. that got added to the album. Yeah. And for, okay. First off, Mm -hmm. one of them is a duet with fallout boy. What? I love that. Another is a duet with Haley Williams from Paramore. Yeah. Incredible. That's amazing. And then a third, she has a music video Mm -hmm. that had Taylor Lautner in it. Oh my gosh. I love that. And it's so good. It was Taylor Lautner and Joey King, right? Yes. I saw like a post about it, but I haven't seen the music video yet. It's delightful. Okay. Um, so anywho, but the one with Haley Williams is a song called Castles Crumbling. Mm -hmm. And I say jamming because it's, it's got a, it's got a good beat, but it is, also low-key depressing song yeah um it's about castles crumbling down and um i was listening to it and then it came upon me i was like is this how tamlin feels and then i listened to it again Mm -hmm. from like a tamlin pov and for a moment i felt bad oh for tamlin and i was like oh (laughs) empathy and i was like Oh, like, but, but there was a moment where I was like, if, if this is how Tamlin actually feels Mm -hmm. and it is very, it feels like it's a Tamlin POV. Yeah. So you might actually enjoy listening to Mm -hmm. this one. I know she's not usually one you listen to, but check out Castle's Crumbling. Yeah. Listen to it from a Tamlin POV perspective. I would be very interested. Because it's very emotional. <laughs> and I made a joke on our Instagram. I was like, Taylor Swift is out here changing hearts left and right. Y'all yeah. like, who knew? Yeah, Alex could be converted. Crazy. <sighs> For a moment. I'm back to hating Tamlin. But when I listen to that song, I feel bad again. So yeah. it comes in moments. <laughs> anyway, I forgot to mention that at the top, but like you needed to hear that. Yes. Very okay. important. I'm focused again. It's the listening. <laughs> it was the listening to mm-hmm. stuff that triggered that for me. Anywho, 
he's working out. Yes. The harpy appears. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And she says, the pretty one wants to see you. Yes. Off to see Celestina. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, Celestina's there and she kind of just cuts right to it. She's like, was there an emergency last night? And he says, a private matter. I just feel like that's the wrong answer. Yeah, he should have said yes. Yeah, like you don't have to go into details. Just be like, there was an emergency with Bryce and her family. I mean, to say someone entered my beloved's home, yeah, called her names and threw her, like was threatening her, that could be constituted. Yeah. You could spin that. Something, yes. But a private matter. And she says, and you saw fit to prioritize that over assisting me? And I'm like, oh. Yeah, okay, but also, here's one other thing. Uh-huh. It was his off day. Right. He was going above and beyond. That is true. So, like, yes, while he maybe left early, mm-hmm. I'm also like, he's not your slave. I know. I'm going to keep know. going back to that. I know. But she says, like, I had hoped that when you promised to have my back, it would have been for the entire night, not for an hour. Um. You know, and he says, like, I'm sorry. Like, if it had been for anything other than she's assuming Bryce. It's like, yeah. Right. Um, And she says, and you are aware that you, as one of my triari, chose to assist a princess of the Fae instead of your governor. And I was like, oh, that's where we're going with this. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't have thought she would have cared as much if it's Bryce. Like, it shouldn't matter. But it's political. And she says. Everything is. Right. She says that was not how my male perceived it, or excuse me, that was not how my mate perceived it. He asked why two of my triari had ditched our private celebration if they thought so little of me of him that they could leave without permission to help a fae royal. Ah, I get it now. Like, and it's not just him; it was two. It was like Hunt and Paxi and leaving. And it's almost as if, if he had said like Celestina, I need to leave for an emergency. Mm -hmm. She would have been like, okay, right. But it's the whole perception. And yeah. like when she puts it in perspective, I'm like, oh, I get it. I can see why it's frustrating. Right. Especially because it's not just her. I think if it had just been her, it would have been fine. Yeah. But the fact that this is the Ephraim's first time like meeting them, yes. it, it would put a bad taste in my mouth for him too. Yeah. So, but he, you know, he apologizes and she's like, I'm sure you are, but this shall not happen again. Um, and because of that, she wants him to stay in the barracks for the next two weeks. Like... <laughs> Grounding what? him like a child. I know. And I don't love it. Yeah. But she says, like, I think you need a reminder of your priorities. And I'd like you to fully commit to helping Baxi and adjust. Also, it's a job. Right. It's not. His life. It's not your life. You don't live there. He's not a slave. No. I'm annoyed. I've, yeah. Like, I get it. I Like, I understand why she's frustrated. And I get why she feels like maybe there's some need for quote unquote punishment. Right. Or, you know, consequences. Right. This, I'm like. It doesn't, mm. doesn't equal. Like. But it makes me a little suspicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you as good as I thought like, you as were? As soon as things start to get hard, she starts treating him slave-like. Yeah. It's not encouraging. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm nervous. Yeah. I with g- that. I get that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he heads out after that, obviously, because who would want to stay? <laughs> so he ends up asking her, like, how did it go with Ephraim? And I think this is him trying to, like, mm. try and make it a little bit better. Yeah. 
but she's very clearly like closed off to him because she goes that's a private matter to use your words and he's kind of like well I'll, I'll be around today if you need me and he asked why she sent the harpy and she said Ephraim thought she might be the most effective and he goes Ephraim huh she says he is my mate and then he says, but not your master. And I'm like, dude, she's already pissed at you. Wait, calm down. <laughs> just keep it to yourself. So he leaves in the hind is just outside. And she's like asking him some questions, but like in a very casual way. Mm-hmm. Just like, do you know Rune Dannon and Ethan Holstrom and Therian Ketos? <laughs> and you're like, why Why are you asking? It? Literally every single person, yeah. especially the ones that like were just at the secret drop-off meeting ah, i don't know i yeah i don't know um but she's like you know why if you're friends with all these people why are like all these people such a random assortment of people hanging out of bryce quinlan's apartment and you're like because mm, they are i don't yeah. know i don't know how to answer that uh but thankfully they reached the bottom and baxian is there and it said the hind stopped short what is with Baxian and like these women, like Sabine, the hind, like these super intimidating, like powerful women being like taken aback by him. Like, what does he know Yeah. on like, what, what is there? Like what secret does he have on these people? Like he's got to know something to intimidate them. And he says, he just calls, he says, Lydia. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, not the hind. Right. He's like the only person that calls her Lydia, which is interesting. Yep. It's just interesting. Mm-hmm. But she kind of like throws it back out there like that. He might not report to her, but he reports to Asteri and she does their will basically. Yeah. So it's kind of like, no, you kind of do report to me. In a way. Yeah. E- um, But that's kind of like where this chapter ends. Yep. Um. So next week we're going to do chapters 38 through 41. Yeah. What do you guys think? Let us know. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to A Court of Fairies and Fangirls, a Sarah J. Mass fan podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe and let us know what you think. Check out our Patreon for more ways to support and connect with us for as low as $1 a month. You can also find us on Instagram at at fairies and fangirls. Jump in on the conversation and we look forward to chatting with you more next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you.